Hey everybody, I just want to welcome you all to the very first episode of Car Sales 101. My name is Tony Story. I'm going to be the host of this show. Um, let me give you a little bit of background about myself. I've been in the car business for the last seven to eight years. I've been successful in what I've done, selling cars, finance, on the desk. Um, I've, never held a, I've never held a GM or a per se GSM job, but I've been in the positions where I've had to make decisions like that. And from my experience and what I've seen, I kind of want to share how I got to where I was at and, and how I became successful in the realm of car sales. I see so many people entering into the car business not knowing anything about it, um, not knowing nothing about it, and if they do know something about it, it's very little. And so what this podcast is going to do for y'all, it's going to kind of train y'all from start to finish how to start a car deal, finish a car deal. I'm also going to give tips on finance. Um, also going to give tips on, on the manager side of it. And as this podcast grows, I'm going to get people that are more successful, that have held GM positions, that are dealer owners, operators, um, that are eventually going to be on the show and give their guidance and give their um, insight on how they got where they were at. Also, give you some training ideas, some um, um, things that you can learn from, and just all sorts of stuff. So let me just tell you all a quick background of how I got started in the car business. The way I got started in the car business was, by luck, I guess, per se, is when I um, was in the calibration world. So let me start from the very beginning. Graduated high school, went into the Army, served five years in the military, 2000, 2005, after I got uh, at, done with my uh, service in Korea, decided to come back and continue the same job that I was in. It's called calibration. Make it simple. Make it easy. You step on a scale. You want to see how much you weigh. That's it. I just make sure that scale is calibrated to the right parameters that it needs to be. Well, with that being said, I worked for a couple different calibration companies. And the very last one, I got my bachelor's in business management. And I wanted to be a manager. I was like, man, I really want to get into that 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 aspect where I can train people and everything like that. Because one of my skills skill sets that I thought was really good was I was a real efficient worker. So I was good at creating efficiencies within a job to make it easier, make it faster. Well, it never worked out. Never got my management position. So a buddy of mine convinced me to cold call financial advisors and to kind of say. I went into it um, blindly, not having any idea about it or anything like that. I did go into the cold call and financial advisors. I did that for about six months. It was straight commission. There was no hourly pay, no nothing like that. And that's what I was wanting to do. I was wanting to control my own income. I didn't want to ask anybody anymore to say, hey, can uh, I go in for a raise and get, you know, a five or six percent raise? So with that being said, I moved on to uh, cold call and financial advisors. I was I was horrible. I called everywhere, um, Pennsylvania, Houston, New York, everywhere you can think of. And all I was trying to do is just trying to, um, you know, convince financial advisors to come over to Morgan Stanley Smith Barney. That was the company that we recruited for. And if you want to talk about, you know, a trial by fire and, and stepping in, stepping into, um, I would say, uh, a fire pit or whatnot, that's kind of how it was. Well, after about six months, it never worked out, but at that time, he uh, had me cold call a lot of companies to sell some tubing, too, for his uh, father-in-law's company. Well, that went, that went quite successful. I built up almost 100 people in the network. Um, I actively would sell to about 10 to 15 of those, and um, pretty good, you know, a sizable commission per load that you could sell, probably about anywhere from three to $700. 
Well, he brought me into his office, gave me a severance package, and I had the option of taking the severance package or just walking away. Well, the severance package would have me pay back um, X amount of dollars. I think it was almost like $12,000 that I had to pay back and um, <clears throat> um, draws that I took against the company. So if one of my financial advisors moved, it would pay back most of my draw, and then whatever tubing I would sell, it would come to me, money-wise. So I decided to go that route. Well, I was at home for about three weeks after I was um, given my severance package, and I was still calling companies to sell tubing on the side, and I thought, man, I could do this forever. But I needed some supplemental income. So what I decided to do, because I was going to get back into the calibration world, and I was going to get back um, to hopefully doing the um, the uh, quality assurance out of it, what I decided to do was um, go down to the local places and see who would hire me to sell cars. So the first location I went to was a Honda dealership. And I'll tell you all a funny story about that. It'll be way later on in so many episodes. But I went down to the Honda dealership and I uh, interviewed with them. They called me up the next day. I did an on over the phone interview. And I said, well, let me go down and see if I can go sell Fords, too. So I went down to the Ford dealership, and the funny thing was they hired me right on the spot. Well, anybody that's been in the car business, you all know if you got hired right on the spot, they're more than likely desperate for salespeople, and you're just a number. So it's just the cold, hard truth of the car business. We don't do a good job of screening anymore. We just see if you got a pulse, and we hire you, and hopefully that you stick, because we think of it as a numbers game instead of a training game. So from both aspects, there's a good and a bad to it, but I'll get more to that later on in your episodes. Well, I started working there, and um, as I started working there, um, average salesmen sell about eight to ten cars a month, closed at about you know ten percent, fifteen percent ratio. So with that being said, um, my first month in the car business sold eight eight cars. The second month I sold ten cars. I thought, man, I can do this, but the income wasn't where I wanted it to be. You know, I made like, I think two grand the first month, you know, 3,200 the second month. I had hopes and aspirations of making over, you know, six figures in my first year in the car business. Well, the third month, what happened was, is something clicked in me. I said, you know what? I'm just going to try to get everybody in here and do whatever I can to sell them a car. Even if I got to beg them or anything like that. And I will learn my skill set. At that point in time, also, I was watching videos and trying to learn how to, you know, be a, be a car salesman. I also latched on to one of the more successful salesperson, and I, I shadowed him. So in the car business, what shadow means is when you just follow somebody around. You basically just learn everything you can from them. You don't get all your deals. You split half deals basically with them, but they ta- they train you everything. Now, if you have somebody that's good at, at doing that, you're going to have a very successful career. But if you have somebody that abuses that, that power, you're not going to live very long in the car business. So... What happened was I decided to um, just turn on my game a little bit. Well, that next month I sold 26 cars, and the uh, month after that I sold 19 cars, and I made well over, you know, um, 15 grand, I think, one of those months, and 12 grand the second month. So the amazing thing was I never saw that kind of money ever, ever in the car business, or ever my my whole entire career doing calibration. And I'm talking about work and exorbitant amounts of overtime, that you can't even imagine. And those that have been in the calibration world, it's almost like plant work where you go into work and you work so many hours that it just eats up all of your time. So after I got done those two months, um, I became more and more successful. I gained more confidence and I became really good in the car business. And that's basically how I got started in the car business. 
over time I got promoted to be in the finance and then over time I got promoted to be on the desk. But one of the things I learned from, you know, shadowing somebody or following somebody is that I learned how to model what they do. And what I mean by model what they do is that I didn't just sit there and go out there blindly and, and just kind of hope to figure it out. Cause that's the worst way you're ever going to see succeed in any business. You know, I believe in failure. That's, that's a, it's a thing that's always going to happen in any aspect of life. But if you can have somebody out there that can minimize your failures or minimize your um, fall on your butt, please do that. So that's how, um, you know, how I became successful in the carpets. The guy that taught me everything is still a good friend of mine today. Um, we still talk every once in a while. But he is one of the mentors that got me where I was at, or at least got me into the, the, the mindset of being in the car sales. So now onto that subject, car sales 101. What I kind of want to review in this first episode is, you know, where is the right fit for you? Where can you go work to sell cars? Is the car business for you? So I'm going to review why. If, is the car business for you or, or not for you? Car business is a retail type industry. Basically, you're going to work any hours and every hours. Whenever the customer wants you, that's what you're going to work. So when I say that, I mean is even though you have a shift from 9 to 6 at the dealership that you're working at or 11 to close, unless you're just by appointment only, uh, which I highly recommend that, but unless you're by appointment only, if a customer comes in at 6.30 and you're meant to leave at 6 o'clock, you're going to stay there because you have to feed your family. You have to put food on your table. And so if that's something you can't bear to deal with, then at the end of the day, the car business isn't for you. It's also a Saturday business. It's also a Sunday business. So whatever dealership you do work for, sometimes you're going to have to go and work on it. Well, every Saturday you're going to have to go work, and every Sunday you're going to have to work. So that's another thing you got to think about. Do I want to work a Saturday or do I want to work a Sunday? You know, if you can't bear to work one of those uh, one of those days, you're going to miss some of the games of your kids. You're going to miss some times with your family. You're going to miss a lot of things. But you have to look at the financial reward at the end of the day for it. Is that something you want to pass on or is that something that you want to provide for your family? So those that's one of the other aspects of it. Another thing is, is you're going to be treated – man, I – I haven't decided whether or not I want to cuss on this show, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with it. So what? What that means is, is you're gonna be treated like dog shit. Customers come in there and they demand certain things, and they're very rude sometimes. You're gonna be told no till your, till your feelings. You just feel like you're the worst person on the earth. You're gonna get things wrong, and people are gonna call you stupid. They're gonna think that they know more than you. You're gonna be treated like you're absolute dog shit. And until you become a true professional in the car business and you learn how to overcome those objections, you learn how to um, have a thicker skin to possibly just let that stuff roll off your back. And don't get me wrong, to this day, some things still bother me because the customer takes it to a personal level. And I'll tell a little bit more about in that in later episodes, you know, how in the car business – you know, it's one of the few few industries that we allow people to treat us a certain way. But you can stop that. You can also turn turn around on them and kind of have them show respect for you. But you're going to be treated like absolute crap. You're going to come in some days hating, you know, that every person that you talk to is going to tell you no. 
and you got to overcome a lot of mental objections. You're going to, you as a salesperson, you as a person are going to sometimes think, man, is this, this really the business for me? Do I need to take all this abuse? Um, I've had no, no days of selling cars in the last four or five days. Should I even sell cars anymore? Those are a lot of the mental emotions that you're going to go through is the roller coasters of the ups and downs of the car business. You're going to have some months where, you know, you didn't make any money to provide for your family. And that's going to happen, not on a regular basis. Sometimes whenever, or when you become more of a, um, a seasoned salesperson, you know the ups and downs of the seasons. But you also have a good client base to help you out through those um, slower months. So those, that's another thing I think of. Another thing is that you're going to have a slow start in the car business. If you don't sit there and dip your, if you don't just grab your knees and do a cannonball into the car business, you're going to have a very slow start. What I mean by that is, is the first month I sold eight, the second month I sold 10, the third month I sold 20, 26. If you decide not to just test the waters, if you decide to stick your, your toes in the waters, you're going to have a very, very, very slow start to the car business. Eight to ten cars, you're going to see that for the next four or five, six months. If you sit there and just jump in, you're not going to see that kind of um, um, downturn or that delay in getting uh, getting past the learning curve. So what you're going to experience is that you, if you decide to just jump right in, you're going to you should sling past should should sling past all of that. You should move forward. You should sit there and progress a lot faster. Learn from those. Let those teach you. Um, you're going to be treated like crap by some of the managers. There's good managers out there. There's bad managers out there. The good managers are the ones that sit there and, and they teach you. When you come up to them and you have nothing else but to ask them questions, they'll sit there and they'll, and they'll teach you. They'll, they'll, they'll give you guidance. They'll, they'll teach you what you need to learn. But I will tell you this much. If, I, if me being a manager at this point in my career, <clears throat> if I tell you something three to four times, and you're still not getting it. That's when the frustration level comes around. That's when, you know, you have to babysit and that's something you don't want to do in the car business anymore. And that's whenever the managers typically kind of lose their, um, not level of frustration, but use, lose their level of tolerance with you. So always understand that too, but don't let anybody disrespect you because that's, that's, just, that's a totally different story. There's our, there are managers out there that are very mean. They, they will disrespect you. They will treat you rude. Um, that might not be the dealership for you. Another thing is, is the dealership that you do go to, that if you decide to get into the car business and you're not successful in, don't let that be the precursor or the tell-all tell-all. If you really truly have a passion to be in the car business, don't let that be the tell-all tell-all to not want to be in the car business. So what I mean by that is, is if for some odd reason you get there and you just don't feel the vibe, you don't feel the customer base, you don't feel that, then it might not be the place where you should sell cars. Maybe you should go to another location and sell cars. You know, the one thing I did learn is I've been on a couple interviews, and there was one interview that I went to that I got, I went in there, I just I didn't get the vibe. I just It wasn't one of those places where I wanted to work. Would I have been successful there? More than likely, but I just didn't want to work there. I just did not feel like this would be the place for me. Uh, I've worked for about four different dealerships, Legacy Ford uh, in Rosenberg, Texas. That was the one dealership I, I spent most of my career at. Um, we sold about 100 uh, to 110 new. We sold about 60 to 80 used. Um, and the lowest lower months, maybe 50 used. 
And it was just one of those um, car dealerships that, you know, I felt really, really good at. I loved it. I uh, got all of my education, all of my knowledge there. Some good, some bad. But then when I moved on to the next dealership I, I went to, um, I kind of felt the vibe there. It just wasn't my place. It wasn't my location. Um, it wasn't my culture. It just wasn't what I wanted to be in the car business. And then I moved on to another one um, as another finance manager, his Audi dealership. I, I liked the um, culture. I just didn't like the management staff that was there. Not that it was a bad management staff. It's just not how I would have managed the salespeople. The last that last dealership I've been to, uh, which is Fred Haas Toyota World, the number one Toyota dealership in the state of Texas. Um, I've been there for nearly about six months now. But the one thing about being at this location is we had a new sales director after the first month of being there. And he opened up a lot of my eyes, uh, along with a friend of mine, of why I should start a podcast. At this point in time in my career, why I should start a blog, why I should um, – you know, try to start my own thing along with still staying in the car business. So this dealership that I, I'm at, it was a lot like where I was at when I first started to where I have a lot of abilities or people around me that I was able to learn from and I'm able to grow and to be better at my career and advance my career in different paths. So this location that I'm at, which is Fred Haas Toyota World, I've been able to really dig down, dig deep, figure out what it is I want to do in the car business. And the one thing I did want to do in the car business, I've always wanted to be a GM of a dealership, GM of dealership, GM of dealership. And sometimes I look past other locations or other levels of my career because that's all I saw. And that was sometimes a mistake on my part because sometimes the path that you're looking at, you need to look at a path that's a little bit less different than what you want to take. So what I mean by that is sometimes I – I wanted to be a GM so bad, I would take, I took this position here because I thought there would be an opportunity to move up a lot faster, where in some instances that might not be the case. So I kind of sidetracked myself a little bit. Now that I'm at the Fred Haas Tour World, I went in for an initial interview to become a finance director, and at that point in time, I interviewed with the new car sales director. The new car sales director pretty much wanted to offer me a position on the spot, and he offered, wanted to offer me a contract-type position until they could come up with a pay plan. With that pay plan, <clears throat> the contract-type position, um, I didn't feel comfortable with it, and they offered me the actual position within the day. With that pay position, it took me about two weeks to get my pay, which I never recommend, and I'll probably review back with you on that one, too, later in, later on in my um, uh, later episodes. <clears throat> but the uh, um, the position that I did take was one that I was kind of uh, capable of doing, but I wasn't 100% sure. So I started out as a new car sales manager, um, and then I moved into the Internet portion of the business to um, be their Internet director or Internet manager, watching over all the new Internet leads. <clears throat> the position that it's kind of turned into now is a little bit different than one expected, but I'm on the path of where I want to be. And that's why I'm starting this podcast. That's why I think training is a key key element in the car business. That's why I think sometimes whenever we're in the car business, we always kind of look at each other and be like, well, I'm not going to give that information to somebody. Well, I'm not going to give that information to somebody. Because we all think of job security and that if we give this information out to people that, you know, they're eventually going to come take our job. Whether you give your information out or not, they're going to come take your job anyways.
but how about you elevate them to your position so you can be elevated to another position. So that's the main reason I'm starting this podcast is because I want those that are in the car business, those that don't have an idea, those that need guidance, those that want to be better than what they are right now, it pushes you up that level. So when I do give you some training or I do give you some information, you take that and you take it to the core. If I reference to somebody, I reference to somebody because I believe in them and I think that they're very good in this uh, automotive industry or just in the sales business one-on-one. If I refer to another podcast, if I refer to somebody else, it's because I think that this person is going to give you the mindset that you need to be to be successful. So <clears throat> will this be my very first episode? Um, I'm going to ask you all to subscribe. There's going to be more episodes come. I'm going to try to do this once a week so I can provide you all new information. And as this this movement grows, Car Sales 101, and we develop our network, I'm going to have GMs, GSMs, owner-operators, finance managers, the top people in their positions in the automotive industry. I'm going to have them on here and share their knowledge with you. So that way you can be successful also. Maybe later on down the road, I might try to pitch you something or sell you something. But as of right now, I just want you all to take the time to actually listen to what I have to say. Am I the best? No, I'm not the best. But I will tell you this much. I've been through all the steps of the car business to be where I'm at. And I've never given up my integrity or I've given up my character in order to close a car deal. And I think that's what makes me qualified to give you information. And also, if you don't like my information or if you disagree with it, or if you think there's a different route, please put a note in. Whenever you whenever you comment on this or you give this a review or whatnot, <clears throat> tell me. Like, this is what I think, you know, you should do here instead of here. Because the only way we're going to learn is when we educate ourselves. Not sit there. One thing I've always kind of been uh, keen about, or not keen about, what I've always thought about in the car business or any kind of business is if you don't educate yourself, you don't listen to podcasts, you don't listen to people above, you don't read books, if you don't do any of that kind of stuff, the only education you have is your own knowledge. If your own knowledge isn't evolving from somebody else putting into your mind, then it's never going to evolve ever. So the people that I'm going to bring on the show, the books I'm going to tell you to read, the YouTube videos I'm going to tell you to watch, the trained people I'm going to tell you to listen to, that's because I've done that. That's because I've watched it. That's because I've done this stuff to make my mind right in order to be successful. So... At the end of every episode, I'm going to ask y'all to do this, so make sure y'all subscribe to this this podcast, and we're going to get this movement going, and this is going to be one that's going to have thousands and thousands of followers, and we're going to be successful all together. And like I'm going to say, one of the guys that I watch or I listen to is we all win when we all win. So at the end of the day, if you are only looking out for you, then you're not going to win. But when you want other people to win, we're all going to win. All right, peace out.